560-KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Miller and Condon Friday here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk football with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you are with us. A lot of ground to cover, and we will do our darndest to do just that. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we're going to talk Iowa and Iowa State in the first hour of the program. Play the hits. Uh, Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com, 1025. Dylan Montz, before he makes his way to Lubbock at uh, 1045, Dylan will join the program. I think he's actually on his way to Lubbock. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll do our football segment. Take a look at the Packers who take on the Raiders with Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Ted Glover uh, from the Daily Norseman will preview Vikings at the Lions. The Lions walking into a Lions den, Trent. Oh, I see what you did there. I like these Lions this weekend. Uh, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football. We'll give away some barbecue from our friends at Claxons in Altoona. And we will give you what we think are our picks are of the week as you stay red hot in this thing and I try to tread water around 500. Uh, yeah, you are uh, five games back, six back in the win column, four mm-hmm. back in the all-important loss column. I still don't know why it's more important than the win column, but here we are. But our best bets, our favorite bet of the weekend, we're both three and four on the year. Any reason for that? I... We were just talking before we came on the year here. Pairing it down just to that one game, your favorite of the weekend, that's... I think that's more difficult than people think. It's, well, I mean, the, the numbers would bear that. I think it's back-to-back years since you decided to uh, make this part of it. And I mm-hmm. think it's a good idea. I'm not, not criticizing it. Uh, to try and identify that best bet yeah. is harder than you think. I think that's fair. Uh, in our first segment, let's probably, I mean, the biggest talker today is, and the Chiefs are uh, in the market, clearly, one of the four teams. And, um, look, Denver's a bad football team, Trent. I've been trying to tell my Bronco fans, yeah. uh, uh, friends, that that this is not a good football team, that I know that you've got feeling a little bit better better about them after they won a couple of games somehow. The Chargers were terrible in the football game. And the Titans, I mean, they're they're worse. Um, but the, the Chiefs last night, and the big takeaway it clearly is Patrick Mahomes. You know when it first happens and you're running a quarterback sneak and your quarterback is injured, he's your meal ticket. But uh, seriously, and I, don't, I, I wish I would be able to find a stat on this. How many quarterbacks get hurt sneaking the football? Right, yes. Very few. And Tom Brady, I mean, he dives over piles, and he's Absolutely. just as valuable to his team, if not more valuable, it's a toss-up, than Mahomes is to his. So you know what? I, I, at the, when I saw it happen, I think, Andy Reid, what are you doing? It's a quarterback sneak. Yeah, I, I never that thought never crossed my mind until I was looking on Twitter and people... Freaking out. Yes. Chiefs fans, and you can get why they're a little nervous. But now here we are now, you know, a day removed from it or a night removed from it. And you're still going. That's that's the hill you're going to die on that your quarterback should never quarterback sneak. Right. Come on. No, I know. I I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it's... um, it's seemingly he's got a bad wheel. Well, it's complete. It's a complete fluke. Guys are banged up. Guys get banged up. You think the ankle or foot injury had something to do with his knee being dislocated? No, it was a fluke. Nothing to do with it at all. It's, I understand it's a the different knee. I think it's yeah, right, his yes, right knee. It's yeah. his left ankle. Absolutely. 
it's a freak play. Right. It's football. Mm-hmm. Things like this happen, and it sucks for fans, and it sucks for a week from Sunday when we thought we were going to get Aaron oh, Rodgers versus <laughs> really? Patrick Mahomes, and now Matt Moore. We thought he was going to be out of the league. In well, fact, he was out of the league. Out of the league. Yeah. Uh, he was he was coaching football in California. Looks he's been around a long time in the league. He was with the Dolphins forever. I don't know if, if you're the Chiefs and and look. I think that the Chiefs were clearly going to make a move. Then why wouldn't they? Their window is open. Mm-hmm. Strike while the iron's hot. They had a chance to you know to pick off the uh, AFC this year. You needed offensive line help. At least you thought. You needed some secondary help. But now I think. Trent, you've got to go out and address the quarterback position, don't you? And that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you can pick up a veteran. I don't know, Mariota. Here's the guys that seemingly they're going to lose their job or have lost their job. Eli Manning has lost his job. Right. Marcus Mariota, at least for this week, has lost his job. Cam Newton, I think, is going to lose his job mm. when he's ready to come back. Either of those three quarterbacks, I mean, even if it's only for three or four weeks... I don't think Cam Newton would work, would it, just because of financials? Well, that's just it. That's a great point. I mean, because he's going to bring that contract with him. Eli's got a ton of money, Absolutely. too. Mariota would probably be the one. Then you're looking at young guys like maybe a Josh Rosen, who fits the starting over him. Mm-hmm. Down in Miami, you go that direction. And... Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, no, he's always out there, Trent. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, if he hasn't got an opportunity by now, it's, it's pretty clear. It's over, yeah. Right. I mean, Elway wanted him in the worst way, and then, the, and then uh, Kaepernick knelt down, of all things. And uh, look at the quarterbacks that have run through Denver. I'm not saying Kaepernick would have been the answer, but he should have been given an opportunity to be the answer. Uh, but he's not, and I don't think he's ever going to get a chance again. Better solution than Paxton Lynch. Better solution than Brock Osweiler. The Better Case solution Keenum, than the Trevor Case Simeon. When you want me to keep going? The one that got now, Joe Flacco. Flacco. Trent, they, they, the Chiefs got to the Broncos quarterback eight times last night. That was incredible. We, we talked yesterday with Nick Athen, as we do before pretty much every Chiefs yeah. game. And how banged up they were. That deep, the, the quarterback situation was dire. And nobody could get open. No. Flacco couldn't get him, them the football. Mm-hmm. And the pressure that they well, were Sutton, able to go. Sutton's pretty good. I mean, Sutton's a nice player. Yeah, he, yeah. he made some plays in the football game. But um, you know who didn't? And I told you yesterday. And then Ma- I thought, Manuel you know Sanders? What <laughs> well, yeah. He, <laughs> Noah Fant, Trent. Oh, boy. Noah thanks to Noah Fant. First rounder. Oh, my God. Another bus. Garrett Bowles, the first round pick at left tackle. He's a traffic cone. I mean, you just you go around him with Will. If you, if you don't get around him, he's going to hold you and prevent you, and you're going to back him up 10 yards. Elway's drafts, I mean, he's, he's made some, you would have to, you know, the law of averages say you're going to get a few of them, right? Sure. And he has got some of them. But Noah Fant, catch the damn ball. Trent, it's hitting him right in the hands, and he can't hold on. This has been the story of his rookie season. I get it's only seven games. Yesterday I called him a bust and then backpedal very quickly because it was two games. It was six at the time. And then he comes out last night and dropped, I think he was targeted seven times for sure. He dropped four of them. Mm-hmm. I think the others were knocked away. Caught one pass in the football game. But boy, oh boy, oh boy. I don't know if it's confidence or whatever, but boy, he looks bad, Trent. He looks awful. This Denver team and the future of it, I mean, this has been such Blow a good, solid organization for so long. Mm-hmm. And there's down years and there's dips, and it happens to pretty much everybody outside of yep. the Patriots. That's going to happen here. From your perspective, Elway, is he in trouble? Yes, and I never thought I would ever say that. And no one who lived in Denver or or rooted for Denver would have ever even thought that a few years ago. Or bought a car from him. Or eaten at his restaurant (laughs) or whatever. I mean, the guy literally is, 
He can't do no wrong. He's done he wrong, can, though, a lot. Yes. I mean, there were when I lived there, there were so many rumors about you know John Elway and wasn't really committed to his wife. Okay. And as yeah. we know that, you know, they would split up and mm-hmm. um, he'd marry a Raider cheerleader of all things. But, um, you know, the media seemingly didn't want to go down that road. And that was, it was, early, it was a different era. It was 1991 through 94, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but no, I never thought that I would see the day that the John Elway is going to be run out of town or certainly... I don't know. It seems like it's headed in that direction. He is he has struggled at the draft. He cannot find a quarterback to save his life. Uh Peyton Manning showed up at his doorstep. It's mm-hmm. not like he found him. Um you know, anyways, but uh but the the Mahomes story itself, if you're the Chiefs, boy the defense played well. They rose yeah. up after that and they just um you know, they just look at the, I don't know if you give yourself that much credit cuz Denver's not a very good football team, but they didn't allow them to score. They rallied around their wounded leader. They're going to have to do again next Sunday night against Green Bay. We'll find out today how long it is. Here in I mean at Trent it's anywhere from 3 weeks to he's out for the year. Right. Yes. I mean it's that those it's from one end of the scale to the other. You know, surgery most everybody says will be required some, at some point. Yes. Some people believe though that he can get by can rest it for a couple of weeks, put a brace on it, and then play the rest of the season. Is he going to be the St. Patrick That's Mahomes just with it. that? That's just it. It's certainly not going to have the lateral quickness and mm-hmm. the ability to get outside of the pocket and make plays there, but coupled with throwing with a big bulky brace and having yeah. that part and, and what he is. Now, when Matt Moore is your backup and the other guys that we've talked about at quarterback, I still think a Patrick Mahomes, oh, sure. a banged up one, <laughs> right. is the one that you're going to be taking, but... It changes the season. It changes the direction yes, of this team and what they can be going forward. And well, yet another positive for the New England Patriots. Well, and they deserve a break, Trent. Let's face yeah, right. it. Uh, they, they, they were due for some luck to come their way. So the first thing I thought of last night is the Patriots again. Catch another break. Speaking of uh, though the race and, and the AFC, the Raiders are 3-2. and two. The Raiders yeah, have won back-to-back I games know. against Chicago and on the road at Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I was more impressed with the Colts win. Yes, that yeah, the bear. It, it was a weird game. It, it was, was a London game. Yep. It, it was a goofy one. Still, ten and six wins this division. Nine and seven very well could mm-hmm. if this injury for Mahomes really debilitates him in a big way. Because Raiders get to nine and seven. I think they can get to nine and seven. I'm not sure that they're going to catch the Chiefs at that with with that mark. I mean, I don't think Mahomes is going to miss the entire year. They've got five already. Mm-hmm. They get to play Denver again. Chargers look bad at this point of the yeah, of, of the season. Um, but it's it's it's. I think it's big picture, and I think you hit on it. It's it's the Patriots seemingly. You know, the road is paved through um, the yellow brick road again. Mm-hmm. You know, they catch another break, and they're going to be hosting. And as uh, as long as they're in the playoffs, it's going to go through Foxborough yet again. I, I don't know. I'm I'm sick of being sick of it. I am. Just tip your cap to it. And you know, one of these years, you would think it's going to end. And I know I've been saying that since I worked with Matt Peralt. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, I brought this up to one of our NFL guys earlier this week. Who's better equipped in January to go on the road and beat the Patriots? Houston with the high-powered offense, yeah. and they still got dudes they got defensively. Good, yeah, they got a good defense. Or is it Indianapolis and the way they're built to that physical style and the great offensive yeah. line? Yeah. Who can win a game in late January in Foxborough? I think they both can. They both can. I think they I both can. I like that can. answer. I'm I hope hopeful. they both can. <laughs> Maybe we're both hopeful. But, you know, because there's a pretty good chance one of those two teams is going to get that opportunity. Maybe it's not in the championship round, but maybe it's in the uh, 
Uh, the divisional? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Do you um, throw the Ravens also in that mix? Well, I want to see them play the Se- Seahawks this week. This is That'll one, be a fun yeah, game. Yeah, that will be a fun game. That's one of the games that has my attention on Sunday. Uh, that's got to be a late game, right? It's got to be. It a is, late. yeah. 325. 325. So, what's mm-hmm. the other late game? Uh, late window. Well, the Bears are late. Bears, Saints. Yes, mm-hmm. that, that'll be the national broadcast. Obviously, we will get. And Chargers, Titans. PU. That's got to be the cheapest ticket this weekend. Oh, yeah. I, I, I oh, you know so. what? There's you know, uh, Jacksonville play Cincinnati. Oh, man. Yeah, so that one's got to be way down there. Um, that boy, is. That's a bad. I don't even know if you're going to give that a half a star. It's middle of October. We're talking about these hideous games already. Well, it can go ugly quickly in the NFL. Indeed, it can. Ask us, the Atlanta Falcons, who's uh, their, their fan base is bad, uh, is uh, not uh, not enjoying themselves. Neither are the New York Yankee fan base. Trent, to um, you know, tip your cap to these Astros. They're, that's such a powerful lineup. But so are the Yankees. But it's the pitching staff. Uh, and the starting pitching in particular uh, that separates the two. And, you know, Zach Greinke wasn't good by any means last night. He was far from it. Mm-hmm. But those two, I mean, uh, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, and Verlander goes tonight against Paxton. Boy, it just feels like this series isn't getting back to Houston for a game six. I just don't see it. I just don't. I think that this thing ends tonight. That way the Astros and um, and the Natties, they get to set their rotation the way that they wanted in advance of Game 1 on Tuesday night, which is perfect uh, that it's going to start on Tuesday. Um, but I, I, I don't give the Yankees – I don't think they can win tonight, Trent. Three straight is obviously what they have to do down 3-1 in this series. It happens in baseball, I think, more than people maybe realize. I saw a big list last night of when it's happened here in recent history. But I think you're right. This Yankee team just almost feels defeated out there. Mm-hmm. You know, if this series was two two one one one, maybe yeah, I'd even give them a better shot. Maybe. They need to get out of New York, right? I mean, it, it was ugly at times. Late in that game yep. last night, after I flipped over after mm-hmm. football, I mean, the boo birds raining down. Yeah. That is being being a Yankee. That's part of it. When you're not playing well, you're going to hear it. Yep. If you're on the other team, you're going to hear it, regardless of what's happening. As we found well, out, well, it was Granky yeah, in the bullpen. Yeah. They they tossed the guy before the game started when he was warming up. James Paxton has to give them more than two and a third. Like and he did he's last capable time. of yes, doing yes. it, but here's his bugaboo, and it's always been that way. If you you can get to him early, mm-hmm. get yes. to him in the first inning. If he gets through that, he gets stronger as the game goes on. So if he gets one or two in the books, you're getting you're getting the best Paxton uh, here tonight. But Verlander, on the other hand, I mean, good luck, right? And that's what this team is. You know, the Yankees had an opportunity early. Presley came in, bases loaded. And he was, he didn't look sharp by any means. Mm-hmm. He, he started breaking balls. It was against Hicks, I think. He was just yes, it was. breaking ball after breaking ball. Then he came back and was throwing that 97 mile an hour fastball. He's a really guy. It's the Astros. They have talented guys up and down that roster. Right. You find a weak spot. What would be the weak spot? What's the weakness of this team? I, I don't They're think good they defensively. Have, I don't think they have one. I don't think they do either. They can powder the ball. Mm-hmm. They got great pitching. Bullpen's good. Yep. Uh, Hinch is a terrific manager. I mean, what, what's the weakness? I don't know. Guys, twenty four and twenty five on the roster. I, maybe that, that's it's ridiculous. It is. How significant they polish it off here? Mm-hmm. How big of a favorite are they going to be against the Natties? Well, look, at the Natties got some guys in their own right. They do this. This pitching, this these starting potential, because uh, the Yankees still have a chance, but it, if it, if it's Astro starters versus national starters, Trent, my God. That's coin flip. Yes. It's coin flip. 
and the despite bull- Garrett Cole. And the bullpen that had been such a problem all season for They've the They've been Nationals. good. Yes. And it's not a full bullpen at this point either. It's not where you have to have seven, eight guys throughout the week. You need to have two or three guys. Mm-hmm. And the way that you can come back and your starters on the days that they throw in their bullpen sessions, well, you have the bullpen being in the game. And you go out there and you throw 20 pitches and you can do that. You can cobble it together so much differently than the regular season. That's a conversation we have a lot, Ken, just about mm-hmm. how different playoff baseball is. And this is a perfect example. The Nationals, their ERA was almost six for bullpen ERA. <laughs> I know. But this bullpen is different because they don't have to use all those guys. Trent, if it goes seven, we're going to see Scherzer Cole in one, four, and seven in all likelihood. Sign me right? up. I love so do Matt I. That's Scherzer. why I'm kind of hoping that the Astros clinch it tonight mm-hmm. so they can set their rotation going forward. So Verlander's ready on Wednesday on regular rest to come in in game two versus Strasburg. Okay. <laughs> starts Tuesday? Yeah, uh, starts Tuesday, Tuesday night. Polish it off. Get rid of those get, Yankees. Uh, get rid of them tonight get, so we can have Cole. Yes. Um, yeah, my, 1-4-7. and seven. And I think we're going to get a long series because the, it's, the Nationals are more than pitching. Mm-hmm. Nationals got a lineup in their own right. They got and, and, A bunch of guys we don't know as well as the Astros just because the Astros have been so prominent in postseason lately. They got Para, who doesn't yeah. play. But, but he had a big hit the other day. He did, but th- those goofy things that happen over the course of a baseball season, unless you're really a fan and until we get to the playoffs, you don't know about him, but him and the baby shark when he comes up to yeah. bat. But that he was... Well, the baby shark is uh, he's in the bull, or the dugout, rather. Have you seen that? Yes. The, the galvanizing force, though, bring a veteran in, and for whatever reason, it just, it just clicked. Yeah. Yeah. He's the perfect guy that they needed. And we, from what, the 70s Yankees team's... 25 cabs for right. 25 guys yep. after the game. Yep. But in baseball, and this is the part that you can't measure, and for all the analytics that are out there. He's David Ross. Yes. Perfect example. You need those kind of guys. It's a fun story. I hope it's a good series. The Astros are still better. But when you got those guys that the Nationals have. Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Trent, that's not bad. It's going to give you a shot. Yes, indeed it is. Because Granke has not been good in the postseason. Nope. I mean, their first two have been dynamite. Uh, I think it's got a chance to be a, uh, well, they call it a classic for a reason. we got a chance maybe to see if this one lives up to it. All right, Tom Kaker's going to join the program. I'm going to go and start with Tom. What's your sense on Xavier Foster? Oh, Xavier Foster. Iowa, Iowa State. I've seen a lot of Iowa buzz. I wonder if Tom Ooh. feels the same way. And maybe it's just I've seen more stories Iowa related to him this week because sure. I don't follow recruiting uh, as close as most do. Well, we got the guy that follows recruiting. He does. He does it. Uh, it's one of the um, strong suits at Hawkeye Report. They got a lot of them, but that is certainly one of them. So I want to I want to start there, and then we'll get into Purdue. I haven't changed my mind from yesterday, Trent. I think that this is going to be a blowout. Clubbing? Yeah, I think it is. I think Iowa's going to get – they're going to get feeling really good about themselves going into Northwestern next week. Northwestern's what? Three touchdown dog tonight? Something like that? Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Oh, boy. How long can you make the grass in Evanston? Yeah, well, they're to slow down Ohio State. Uh, was it the Athletic that yeah. did a story about that this week? Nicole Auerbach, yeah. yeah she's Very really good. And those, she does one of these every week, just kind of a fun, goofy yeah, kind of really topic. Good. And every single week, I enjoy every one uh, of those that she does. Didn't she do hoops? Who am I thinking yeah. of? Yeah, she's That's USA Today for a long time. That's right. Yes. That's what I thought. Uh, did we see her in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in Indy, maybe? For the Big Ten yes. championship, for the Big Ten tournament, yes, I thought so. Yep. 
Uh, anyways, we'll um, we will hear from Tom Caker. We're going to get Dylan Monson this hour. Busy eleven o'clock hour. A good NFL segment. Then we'll do Bama Bob. Give away some Claxons. Our pick. Speaking of giveaways. <laughs> It's time to put $1,000 in your bank account or into your bold bankroll. Simply text the keyword CAR, CAR, to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. Text the keyword CAR to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hawkeye Reports, Tom Caker joins Miller and Condon next, 1020 in the morning on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. No goals this weekend, Ken. Yeah, I wasn't a fan, Trent. <laughs> Welcome back, Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Dylan Montz, in about 15 minutes or thereabouts, we'll preview Texas Tech versus Iowa State. Tom Kakert right now, HawkeyeReport.com. It's the Hawks, it's Purdue, it's homecoming, it's ESPN2, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Tom Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Tom Kakert. How's things? I'm doing well, and don't forget the most important thing for Iowa fans, because I know they love her. Beth Mowen's on the call. Yes, indeed. Uh, Trent mentioned that earlier in the week. You know, I I was, um, and I've said this time and time again, I liked Pam Ward. I was the one. Uh, it's just Beth Moen's voice, I think, Tom, that just, um, just. It's not that she's a woman. Na- no, I don't care about that. No, not at all. It's, it's nails on a chalkboard. Yars. The pirate. First yard. Do you get to meet uh, up in the press box there? Are you going to run into Beth, you think? I've talked to her several times. Um, she'll uh, come. She actually came to me one time just asking about some recruiting stuff. That, oh, okay. That she could use during the broadcast. So. She's a wonderful lady. She's very uh, prepared, really Tom. She's mm-hmm. very prepared. It's just it's just her voice, um, for whatever reason. Anyways, um, I don't think that um, now maybe that will be the only thing Hawkeye fans have to complain about tomorrow because I think the game is going to go their way, and we'll get to it in a second. I want to start with you because I don't want to run out of time uh, with Xavier Foster, who seemingly Tom is looking more and more like he's going to be uh, playing his uh, home games in his college career at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Uh, do you get the same yep. feeling, and when do you? think that that will officially uh, uh that announcement will officially happen yeah i'm almost 100 percent that it's going to be iowa or iowa state um unless somebody just came in at the last minute and knocked the stocks off with an offer that i don't see coming so um I, you know just talking to his dad uh the other day I said well anybody coming in and he goes yeah probably the iowa and iowa state coaches so i think Everybody, everybody in the industry just believes it's going to be Iowa or Iowa State, and most of the national guys have picked Iowa. And uh, I thought that was interesting, just because I think if you talk to a lot of people in Iowa, there's just this feeling that he's going to Iowa State. I really, he's just got so many. Yeah, he's just got so many family ties though to Iowa. With you know, his grandfather played at Iowa, uh, played football at Iowa. You know. You know, mom grew up a Hawkeye fan, and just yeah, I just think there's a lot of things pulling him uh, Iowa's way. But uh, you know, everybody talks about his girlfriend going to Iowa mm. State, and that you know, thinking that that might pull him to the Cyclones. So we'll see. I you know, he, uh, November 11th is when he's uh, at least talking about okay. uh, announcing the decision. We'll see. Um, I, I I put that in pencil probably, but. That's signing day week, so uh, I think he'll get it done that week. 
So they already have Aaron Euless committed for this class. Of course, uh, Xavier Foster remains up there, but they've had a bunch of official visitors here. Uh, more coming in this weekend. Four scholarships to give in this class. Give us a sense of where Iowa basketball, after Foster, where they're really targeting right now. Um, you know, I think they'd like to get uh, Josh Unagaldi, uh the the big kid out of uh, who's from Great Britain, um, and is now at prep school uh, at uh, Worcester Academy in Massachusetts. Uh, I think they'd like to get him. Uh, you know, he's visiting Cincinnati this weekend, and then just seems like maybe he's going to make a decision shortly after that. Uh, Jamari Sibley, uh, you know, Iowa Georgetown kind of decision. We'll see where that goes. Um, you know, there's been some rumblings about Syracuse, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, and then they've got Tony Perkins coming in this weekend, not the actor, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's good. he's not bringing his, and he's not bringing his mom either. Uh-huh. Uh, if you uh, follow films, uh, you get that joke, but, uh, 6'4 guard out of Indianapolis that they recently offered. I fully expect he's going to end up committing this weekend. Um, be surprised if he doesn't, because uh, most of his other offers are, you know, Mac level. So I just think he's going to jump on the Iowa offer. Uh, one thing I kind of popped up today, got a, got a, um, text from Kenyon Murray and his, uh, twin sons, uh, Chris and Keegan are on an official visit this weekend to Iowa. They, Iowa has not offered him. But um, I, I think that's interesting. They you know, graduated from high school at Prairie, Cedar Rapids Prairie, last year, and they're down at a prep school in uh, Florida. Um, and so they'd be in the 2020 group. And both are six, eight, rangy kids, long, athletic kids can really shoot it from the outside. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. I, I you know, I, I know they're hoping that they get an offer, but we'll see if that happens. Would that be a package deal, Tom? I'm assuming one of them is better than the others. Is will they, you know, will they split up and go to different schools, or are they? Well, you're taking my brother. I, I need to come too. I, ideally, I think they would like to sure. continue to go to school together. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, I think they're fine with that. Um, they're, they're both fairly equal. Are they? Um, okay. You know, there's not a giant gap between them uh, in terms of uh, playing ability. So. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I've always been intrigued by them. I thought the prep school thing was a great move by Kenyon to, to uh, encourage the boys to go there because they're just skinny and needed to put on weight. And now they're both over, you know, about two fifteen right now. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really curious what happens with them uh, this week. I've been curious about them uh, anyway, just because I've known Kenyon for a long time. Uh, let's talk some football. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Appreciate the uh, hoops recruiting news there, Tom Cakert. So what do we make of Purdue last week as they dismantle Maryland, who's had their moments this year? I mean, certainly early in the season. I uh, haven't looked like that uh, team lately. Um, David Bell, the two receivers, that well, the one receiver, Bell and the tight end Hopkins, uh, both have big, big weeks last week, and both, I anticipate, are going to be focal points uh, of Purdue's uh, offensive attack this week. And what do we make, Tom? Is, is the light bulb going on at Purdue or is Maryland, Maryland just a bad football team? I think uh, the latter is the uh, case given what Syracuse has looked like. I think we all made way too much out of Syracuse being good this year yeah. and Syracuse is, is pretty putrid this mm-hmm. year. So, um, Winless in I, conference. I Maryland. I think Maryland's just a bad team and everybody got excited about them uh, you know, early in the year thinking maybe there's something exciting to, to watch there and they just pound bad teams and then they 
they can uh, they'll, they'll get pounded by by decent teams with a heartbeat. Purdue is just beat up. That's the big thing with them this year. No Rondell Moore this weekend. Uh, Jack Plummer or, or, uh, has come in and uh, you know taken over at quarterback, and he's uh, you know thrown really well. Big Ten pl- Offensive Player of the Week last week. So um, I just don't know that if they have. Uh, I, I expect an, uh, a pretty angry Iowa team to show up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been curious that the line went way up. Uh, you could have got the the. Hawks at nine and a half, like uh, a week or two ago. Really, uh, on the Elite Sports Jeez. app. Yeah, nine and a half. I have a friend who who took that at nine and a half, and now is going to middle it. Yeah, and, good for him. Go yes, yeah. 10, 11, all the way <laughs> so, through seventeen. That is a great middling opportunity to have That's and a chance to win both sides of that bet. Tom Caker joining us from HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, so much conversation about the interior, the offensive line, specifically the guards. You know a lot about Justin Britt from his recruiting. Indianapolis yeah. kid, he's he's young, but certainly talent is there. A lot of other different places they could go. We saw Kallenberger out there. What's the solution? By the time we get to November 9th, now you got to win the next two weeks to set up that showdown with the Badgers. What's the solution for guard play to Iowa to be good enough come November 9th? You know, I heard something before the season that just kind of caught me, and I just kind of filed it away and I and maybe have mentioned it on the message board, just like, Hey, keep an eye on Justin Britt, but, uh, somebody who I'd really trust, uh, you know, was close to the program told me, Hey, uh, keep an eye on Britt. Uh, I, I the Iowa coaches kind of hope that maybe by, you know, sometime after mid season, maybe into November that he's the starting guard. Uh, I'm taking that now to mean they didn't think the guards were very good and they were You're just right. hoping that, uh, he would come along more right. than, uh, Boy, this kid is special. I think there's some of that um, that he has a lot of talent. I I kind of expect that we're going to see him out there. I think they they've just got to get him out there and play him and see what he can do uh, because the current solutions are not working, especially with Cole Banmore out. Um, I, I don't think people really understand how important he was. Uh, you know, just an experienced guy that uh, has proven that he could play at the Big Ten level, and now he's out and uh, and. Kyler Schott's going to be out for uh, you know another couple weeks, I think. So they've got to find some sort of solution to, to solidify that guard position and get back to running the football mm-hmm. because they've run for 71 net yards mm-hmm. in the last two weeks. That's not going to win against anybody in the Big Ten, uh, and that's uh, that's something that they've got to solve. And who are they going to? Who's going to solve it for them, Tom? Who's going to be the guy tomorrow? Do you think at the running back position? I am uh, I'm on the Goodson train. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was my pick to click this week. I think he's going over a hundy, and I think he's getting in the end zone. Uh, I, I think this is kind of that the game that we're going to look back upon and say this is when Tyler Goodson uh, kind of took things over. And um, you know, Sergeant, since that fumble, yeah. he hasn't been the same, has nope. he? No, confidence is shot. Yeah, he's not it's running the, as hard as he was like earlier. He's, yeah, I mean, he had that one play, that old screen pass that they ran last week where he had a nice gain on that. But running the football, he has been tentative. And, um, I, you know, I think it might be Tyler Goodson and Torn Young uh, getting the bulk of the carries here moving forward. Tom, you mentioned the uh, Elite Sports Book with all the futures that you have there. We know you're turning into degenerate like myself. So time for Tom's Locks of the Week. What do you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know who I like? I like a couple of uh, I, I like a couple of uh, low low dogs. I, Washington catching three they over Oregon, three yeah, very often. Right. Yeah, I I like that one, I, and I like the Oak State uh, one. I do too. Uh, I like Oakie State. Yep, um, me too. Over I Baylor, think Baylor's Baylor's due. Yes. Baylor's due to get beat, and yep. uh, Oakie State is got that high powered offense. Uh, Baylor's missing their middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's uh, another one I really like, and I like Penn State this weekend. I, uh, having seen both teams in the last two weeks, I think Penn State that wideout. I I just don't have any faith in Michigan on the road. I think Shea Patterson's going to throw interceptions. The only hope for Michigan to keep it close, I think is if they, they turn to McCaffrey as their quarterback. Mm, interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun watching that game on uh, on uh, tomorrow night, 6.30, I believe, is the kick. You watching Northwestern tonight? I'm assuming you will since they're, you'll be there next week. Yeah, I'll be watching uh, watching the kitties and seeing how high that grass is, yeah. you know, if it's waist high, uh, and uh, maybe they'll mow it before next week. Although next week, take the under. I don't care what it is. Take the under. <laughs> Grab it early. Tom, we're out of time. Thank you, Tom Caker. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com on the Hawks' latest recruiting news, basketball-wise, and take a look at Purdue. Uh, Dylan Montz joins us next. We will uh, pick Dylan's brain. Was he at media? I think he was. We'll, we'll spend some yep. uh, media day conversation with Dylan before we get into Texas Tech and uh, Iowa State. We're here until noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, 1460 KXNO. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Thank you to Tom Kankert. Let's move on from the Hawks to the Clones as we come back here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Uh, Dylan Mont's making his way to Lubbock, Morgantown last week. Dylan, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Ames Trib is where you can read uh, Dylan. Basketball Media Day was a couple of days ago. We'll get into that for a couple of minutes before we preview the football game as well. But, man, oh, man, travel nightmares, I'm guessing, right? Trying to get to Morgantown one week and then Lubbock the following week. Uh, Not easy, I'm assuming. Yeah, I was actually trying to – I was talking with somebody and trying to figure out if I'd been on – back-to-back road trips like that in the few years that I've covered the team full-time. And I think this is maybe the first time that I've gone on back-to-back flying trips. And then, um, like you said, kind of some interesting places. The logistics are a little bit different. You're going to the outer reaches of the Big 12, but it also uh, makes it kind of interesting, too. No doubt about it. On the field, does this impact at all back-to-back road games? I know there's some statistical analysts out there that that say these back-to-back roadies can be a big deal. Do you see that at all? And was that brought up at all with Campbell or any of the players? Yeah, you know, it wasn't. Um, you know, maybe there's some sort of uh, underlying thing about it. But I think, um, you know, with a week in between, I think it's so individualized that each individual road game maybe is is tough on its own. I don't know if, uh, how much it compounds when you go back-to-back. Um, the, the good thing for Iowa State is at the end of the West Virginia game, even though you do have to travel, they were able to get in some of the backups. Um, right. know, guys like Orion Vance and Greg Eisworth didn't have to play in the second half, unfortunately, for them because of injury, but it gives them time maybe to get ready. So, uh, yeah, it, obviously you'd maybe want a little bit of a break. You'd want a home game maybe this weekend. But I think, um, you know, they're they're kind of attacking it in the best way they can, obviously, and, and getting guys ready to go again. 
Well, we'll save the basketball since we're on football, Dylan. And, you know, this Texas Tech, and I'm not sure if it, uh, uh, you know, your week last week allowed you to see the end of the, uh, the Baylor, uh, Texas Tech overtime, the, the, just the egregious call that really took an opportunity, I think. I mean, uh, they turned the ball over in overtime. Now all you're asking your kicker is to, you know, to make a field goal or, you know, you, you put it in the end zone and the game is over. A lot of Big 12 teams, uh, that, uh, that, uh, bad call reverberates through a lot of the Big 12 just because Baylor's having such a, uh, terrific season. I wonder what kind of Texas team Iowa State's going to see. That's where I'm leading with this, Dylan. Is this going to be a pissed off team? I would anticipate that they are, uh, because of the fact that, you know, the, the commissioner of the Big 12 rubbed their nose in it for having the audacity to reading the email that the Big 12 put out. What kind of team, a Texas Tech team, do you think Iowa State is going to see? Yeah, maybe similar to what the Detroit Lions will be in their next game. Excellent with point. All offici- with all the officiating gaps that have happened lately. But, you know, it, it's kind of interesting when you look at Texas Tech because I think they're probably better even than I would have given them credit for to start the season. Um, they beat Oklahoma State in Lubbock a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, um, forced five turnovers. Um, they probably should have beaten Bay- Baylor last week, obviously, like we said with the – um, officiating um, uh, problem there. But, you know, I think um, they probably are motivated. I think they have, even in the loss, I think they've probably gotten a little bit of confidence. Um, you know, with Alan Bowman out, they've kind of settled in with Jet Duffy. Uh, I think he's done some good things. Their defense is still kind of, um, you know, I think there's some problems there with with matchups. You know, certainly Iowa State is going to have to play well and control the line of scrimmage. But, um, you know, it, it, Lubbock's kind of an interesting place to place to play as well um it can be tough and i know i was they won there a couple of years ago but that wasn't really um solidified until marcel spears pick six so uh yeah it's, it's kind of walking into a hornet's nest a little bit just given the emotions of last week but uh, it'll be interesting to see if texas tech can kind of channel those because it can sometimes go the other way too you mentioned texas tech and the defense for years under kingsbury and going back to leach and really the past two decades it's been about all about the offense and not so much about the defense. You mentioned maybe a little bit better there. What are you seeing out of them defensively and, and what they're going to try to do to slow down this Iowa State offense? Jordan Brooks. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you got to start there. Um, he was the uh, football writer's um, you know, player of the week on defense uh, nationally a couple weeks ago. Uh, really solid player. So He's got sound. Um, their defensive front is a little bit different from what they've done in the past. And I know Tom Manning. Um, he talked to the media earlier this week and said that um, they have kind of changed up some principles, certainly with the new staff coming in, um, but that they can um, make the quarterback uncomfortable. They they have a decent pass rush, or at least to get the quarterback on, on his feet and moving a little bit and, and shift the pocket. So um, the offensive line, again, I know we talk about it almost every week, but it's it's going to be another important and big test for that group. Can they keep playing the way they did against TCU and West Virginia? Because it's it's all going to start there, and then um, you factor in Brees Hall, and if he can replicate mm-hmm. uh, any of what he did in Morgantown. Uh, Dylan Montz is our guest. AimsTrip.com is where you can read Dylan and the entire crew over there. Basketball season's underway. Travis Hines doing a lot of work. We'll get to the hoops in just a second. Let's talk about the walking wounded on the defensive side of the football for Iowa State. Orion Vance, the likelihood he's going to play, and his eyes worth good to go. What are you hearing on those two staples of Haycock's defense? Yeah, it's almost impossible, I think, to get a read yeah. on things. Uh, you know, we talked last week about the possibility of Eisworth missing. Um, you know, it sounded like in the middle of the week he could have maybe 
or was planning to go. And then as the week uh, went on, maybe less so, obviously. Um, you know, and, and after the game, Matt Campbell almost made it sound like they were downgraded from probable to questionable for the following week, but then mm-hmm. sounded optimistic on Monday and Tuesday. So uh, I, I think there's all over the board right now. But, um, you know, I think the encouraging thing with Vance is he did come back out with his helmet and pads on uh, for the second half in West Virginia. Um, maybe could have gone in, but I think uh, probably the right move to hold him out and get him a little bit more ready because I don't know uh, if, if it would have been a concussion he was dealing with. I don't think he would have seen him in pads. And then Eisworth, um, you know, it sounds like it's a shoulder thing. Uh, maybe taking a game off helps a little bit, but um, ultimately it's probably going to be a thing that's going to affect him the rest of the year and you have to kind of play through it. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be kind of touch and go a little bit and, and it might not even decide until late Friday or early or late tonight or early, um, you know, tomorrow morning. So uh, really, really kind of hard to peg down. But, um, you know, if, if they have any sort of semblance of being ready to go, I think they will. Let's jump over to some basketball. You were there for media day the other day. Your biggest takeaway with this team, of course, we found out uh, a few weeks back that Rashir Bolton will be eligible. Seems like it certainly changes the trajectory of this team, but your takeaway after having a chance to talk with some of the players. Yeah, I think uh, one of my biggest takeaways is um, they still don't really know what this team is going to be yet. Uh, I think in the early practices that they've had, and certainly in some of the scrimmages, um, they, they've experimented a lot. I think they've gone, um, you know, with two bigs at times. They've gone small ball, and, you know, I don't think this will happen in a game, but uh, Prome even said that there was a possibility if they go teeny tiny small that Tyrese Halburn could play the four. So I think <laughs> it just kind of that shows how all over the place they are right now in trying some really wacky things in practice just to see what group gels well with one another. But I think, obviously, like you mentioned, getting Bolton uh, certainly – um, it enhances the, the feeling of what the team can be. You have more compliments. Um, Zion Griffin was a name that got brought up a lot. Tyrese Halliburton was obviously um, one of the focal points. And then Michael Jacobson, what can he do uh, from an offensive standpoint? Can he stretch the floor and, and shoot from outside a little bit more consistently than he did in the Big 12 season last year? So I think um, you know there's a lot of um, known commodities and a lot of interesting pieces, but trying to mesh it and fit it all together um, is kind of what they're working through right now, and and we'll have to do so uh, in, in a tough uh, in, a, in a tough schedule. Yeah, no doubt, and very tough conference too. Uh, Texas Tech, Baylor, and Kansas right at the top of it. Uh, Iowa State not far behind uh, in that pecking order. Uh, Going to be a fun season uh, in Ames. It is my opinion. I think Bolton goes a long way to that. Last thing, Dylan uh, Prentice Nixon uh, dealing with concussion issues. Apparently, what do you know about that? Yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, out of all the guys, he's been the one that's uh, maybe had the toughest offseason. Um, you know, he's been banged up one way or another. Um, you know, I think he had a muscle strain as well. So um, just kind of some poor luck. Um, I think, uh, you know, Steve Perlman maybe said that, um, you know, maybe in the last couple of days he had started to take a turn for the positive and, uh, you know, start to get back in a little bit more of, um, you know, heavy team activities. But, uh, they're going to need him as well. Uh, again, it's it's kind of like Bolton. Uh, and with Nixon being here all of last year, he's ingrained in the system. But, um, you know, having him be out there with the guys and kind of help figure out these experimental lineups and, and where he fits into it is going to be interesting because they will need him to, to get to wherever they're going to go. Uh, travel safe, Dylan Montz. We will uh, read you as we always do at aimstrip.com and talk to you on uh, Monday at 1030. Safe trip. Uh, thanks for doing this for us, Dylan. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. 11 o'clock hour coming up next. Miller and Condon continuing on NFL segment. Bama Trent and I go around college football, Claxon's Barbecue, and our picks. A busy final hour of the week. Trent, got to stay hot. You are on fire, my friend. You're on fire. Doing very well. Four and, and one, you even had a Monday night as we go back yes. to the beginning of the week. Mr. Monday night is heating up. Here we go. Time to make some money. Indeed. 11 o'clock hour next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.